It is January 2024, and more than likely, you are feeling the effects of drinking way too much during the holidays. And maybe you're wanting to cut back on alcohol and get healthier, but for whatever reason, it might feel a bit daunting. And yet, this is the month where so many of us try dry January or start to become sober curious. So today's episode is for you if you're looking to cut back on alcohol with science-backed tips, including the health benefits of reducing your alcohol even by a few days a week. You are going to learn how alcohol affects cravings and weight gain and applicable tools to lower and improve your relationship with alcohol. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that there are only a few days left to join Sharper Health, The Reset. It begins January 15th, where you will get the expertise knowledge of myself, Caroline Mason, and her co-founder, Roberto Baldo. So during the course of these two months, the eight-week program, we will have a call every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern for about 75 minutes with science-backed information, more personalized recommendations, and they will help you to master your health and your waistline. So whether you're looking to shed weight, reduce inflammation, improve your gut health, or have more energy, Sharper Health The Reset is guaranteed to give you the results you want. You will have 24-7 access to your three experts in a private WhatsApp chat, in addition to being paired with an accountability partner to keep you motivated in order to see the results that you want. So you are going to learn the tools to see immediate results while maintaining lasting change. Topics that we're going to be going over, things like blood glucose, understanding your stress levels, hacking your morning and night routine, and really understanding how cortisol plays an effect in this. We are going over sex hormones, your thyroid, stress in general, the sympathetic nervous system. This program is unlike anything I have ever done. And so if you are wanting to improve your confidence, improve your relationship with food or alcohol, or get in the best shape of your life, don't miss out on this exclusive program. It will not be offered again this year. And just want to remind you, this is the only time ever that I have launched a program like this where I have partnered with two experts that have more information and background than I do when it comes to health. And that is saying something. So if this sounds interesting to you, head to sharperhealthprogram.com to learn more and sign up. I will put it in the show notes as well. Payment plans are available as well. So if you do need financial assistance, please drop me an email at info at nikkisharp.com or you can send me a DM. So welcome to a Sharper Life podcast. I am Nikki Sharp, a two-time best-selling author, wellness expert, transformation coach, and I am your host of this show. I am passionate about helping you become your most confident self by learning boundaries, helping you overcome self-sabotage, and manifesting your dream life, especially as it relates to your health. So today I am joined by Caroline Mason, a London-based nutritional therapist and food coach whose expertise is in weight management, emotional eating, menopause, endocrine disorders, male health, and cardiovascular health 
where she uses functional testing and science-based protocols to create bespoke plans that optimize health and well-being, fostering physical and mental balance. Welcome back to the show, Caroline. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for having me back. And so with that, I wanted to jump straight in because as I mentioned in the beginning, we are in January. And typically what happens is January 1st rolls around. Most people are hungover from the night before. And then immediately there's the goal of, okay, I want to do dry January. What day do I start? How do I even do it? Because there is such thing as alcohol withdrawal. So let's just start to unpack dry January. So being sober curious and give people tips about how they can start to improve their relationship with alcohol this month. Yeah. And I think you said something so key there, Nikki, improve their relationship with. So this isn't about giving something up. This is about a massive game. And I think it's a real opportunity to explore your relationship with alcohol and its effects on your well-being. It's a real opportunity. And so um, so what I, what I was going to ask Caroline on that is, you know, when we think about the relationship with alcohol and something that I'll, I'll use myself as the example here, you and I had a conversation about, you know, my life, traveling, being on planes, being in London for the holidays. And something you had said to me, and, and I found this really interesting was you said, Nikki, we're not trying to get you to stop drinking. We want to get, I mean, just be realistic with your goals here. But what you told me was to mm -hmm, do mm -hmm. three days, at least two days, but ideally three days to allow my body to detox rather than having, so rather than reducing the alcohol, it was cut down the days. So can you explain a little bit further on that? Yeah. So let's talk about, so when we drink alcohol, it is, it's really the liver that takes the biggest hit because it has to convert alcohol from alcohol through several processes to a substance that can be excreted. Now, one of the substances is in that conversion process is called acetaldehyde. And that is incredibly toxic. Now, most in our cells have little receptors on. So most drugs and supplements and things like that work on the receptors of the cell. Alcohol actually penetrates the whole cell. So when we're actually drunk, that feeling of being drunk, that happy woohoo, and I feel a bit, you know, losing my balance and different things that happen is actually due to acetyl aldehyde, which is actually a poison. So believe it or not, we feel drunk is actually the effect of that poison, believe it or not. Now, what we need to do is really give that liver a chance to regenerate and recuperate. So the best way to do that is rather than saying, oh, you know, I'm going to drink maybe three or four times a week and maybe it's every other day. The better way to do it is to actually do consecutive days, because if you give your liver a rest on consecutive days, it regenerates incredibly quickly. So at least three days, optimally four days a week. 
to really give that liver time to boost. So if you don't want to necessarily do that, let's play with this a little bit. You might not want to do dry January, but then consider maybe doing three or four days a week alcohol free. That could be a goal that works for you. And I, I actually love that, especially what I find during the holidays or not during the holidays, right after when we go get into the new year is people go into this very all or nothing mentality, which it's the, I'm going to start eating Mm -hmm. clean. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to go to sleep earlier. I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. And then you have one day where you go out with friends, you feel like shit the next day, you're hungover, you eat everything and you go into the all or nothing fuck it mentality. And so something that I really encourage and Mm -hmm. I'd love to discuss this as well is understanding for yourself what is the balance to get you to the place you want to be without the restriction? And something with dry January that I see happen a lot with clients is they feel amazing. Week one sucks, right? And we can talk about this at the actual withdrawal of, of alcohol, but week one, it does mm-hmm, suck. You mm-hmm. have to learn how to have new drinks, different things, adaptogenics. But then, you know, you do start to feel better. You start to feel better. And Almost every single time, and this is really fascinating, clients that I have had done at least three weeks to a month of dry January, dry whatever month, they actually go back drinking and start drinking just as much, if not more. So I really want to point out that I am here and you are here, Caroline, we're not telling anyone to do anything, not to do anything. I'm not saying do dry January. I'm saying don't not do it. I'm saying, and what I love what you just mentioned, Caroline, is Focus on cutting down the days consecutively as the number one thing to work on versus every other day or this big all or nothing mentality. Yeah. And you know what, Nick, if you did four days consecutive, what is really nice is, and you talk about a lot, a lot about this, I should, I should do dry January versus doing four or five days alcohol-free and then going, you know what? I feel really bloody good. I'm going to continue for a few days. And doing it from a place of I want to do this, I can feel the benefits in my body rather than a sort of pressured should, which again, absolutely, I'm with you on this one. Restriction often often leads to overconsumption. So I know Notice two things, Nick, is one thing is people don't, people don't have a plan for when they reintroduce the alcohol. So they just kind of go, oh, it's February. I, I've done dry January. I'm going to start drinking, but they haven't got a plan. And I think that you need a plan for reintroduction, number one. Number two, we have to think about dopamine. So dopamine is the molecule of more. I call it the molecule all of more and it's the neurotransmitter if you think about it like a hormone in your head head and it is for it's so we get reward when we eat it's for our survival to ensure that we actually eat and drink and what happens over christmas is we eat so much more food there's a lot of overconsumption right with food with sugar with alcohol and then we go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to stop it all. I'm, I'm going to go on a strict diet and I'm going to take out alcohol, right? But we need to reset that dopamine system because otherwise 
it's sitting there wanting more, 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 and you're not giving it. And then you give rise to cravings and then you give in because what we must remember is alcohol contains sugar. If imagine it, if alcohol wasn't sweet, how much of it would we drink? How much champagne would we have? How much red wine would you, if it didn't have that slight sweet taste to it? So it is always, I think, the combination of the alcohol and the taste of the alcohol, the sweetness. And so I think what happens in February quite often with people is if they've done dry January and they have, say, a glass of champagne or a white wine, ooh, it kicks off. The sweetness kicks off that molecule of more again. And it's like, oh, I want it. I haven't had it for so long. I want it. I want it. I want it. So it's about having the tools to really set you up for success. And I would say in January, we really need to have some tools to deal with some cravings because it's almost inevitable if you've overindulged at Christmas that that's going to happen. And so what, what are those tools to deal with the cravings that come up? So I would say um, number one, is if you are completely abstaining from alcohol, then that is fantastic if you're also wanting to lose weight because alcohol is a powerful appetite stimulant. So what happens is when we do drink, we tend to eat more because it's a stimulant for the appetite, but also we're less inhibited, so we eat more. And then the next day we're hungover and we want to eat everything that's not nailed down. So if you want to lose weight in January, February, then I would really support you in reducing your alcohol. Number two, balance your blood glucose. And we go a lot into this on our course. It's mine and Roberta's number one is keep that blood glucose balanced. And what I mean by that is your, it's a complex system, but if your blood glucose goes down below a certain level, you are biologically designed, genetically designed to want to eat everything that's not nailed down because it's dangerous for your body. So to prevent cravings, you need to ensure that you have protein, fiber, and fat at every meal and snack. And I would really focus on protein as your primary because that really keeps you satiated for longer. So there is a biological element, a physiological element. We can go into some supplements as well. But also with the cravings, there is a huge, which is your part on our course, is the emotional element because cravings are more often than not, yes, driven by physiological, but also by what's your normal go-to when you feel stressed or bored or sad. And that's feels like a craving doesn't absolutely. it absolutely and what i'll so i think it's i was really dealing with it what i was i was gonna say we had a, a small lag there is understanding and, and just to tail end on what you're talking about that with understanding the the cravings coming from the psychological standpoint so we know that sugar is addictive but we also know that there is a psychology based nature to if you're starting at 3 p.m. to have that mm-hmm. slump and you've told yourself, well, I'm going to reach for the candy bar. Yes, part of it is the biological, physiological thing, but there is also then what's going on in your mind. And the, the, we know, you know, the chemistry of it. So really understanding, and this is something that I've, re- I've looked at in within my life of my relationship to alcohol, something that I learned was that red wine was my comfort 
And so whenever I was feeling sick or I was feeling stressed out or I was feeling overwhelmed, I would go for a glass of red wine or typically often more, not because of I was trying to get drunk or even tipsy, because I had associated comfort with that red wine. And so really what I recommend highly is that whether you're trying to do dry January, whether you've done it before, whether you're just becoming uh, sober curious, or you just want to improve the relationship with your, with alcohol is starting to understand when are you drinking? What were the triggers that led you to that? So I personally have guidelines. I, I say rules, but I'm not super strict on them where I try, and again, this word try, I'm not always 100% perfect, but for the majority part, if I'm drinking, it is when I am in a state of joy, of happiness. I do not drink, I try not to as much. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm stressed out, because I know that I'm basically reaching for something, I'm already feeling bad, and then I'm reaching for something that is actually probably going to make me feel worse. Whereas when you think about like you're on vacation and you had some champagne or wine and you were laughing, the your physical state chemically in your body is different. So therefore your body's going to process, but you're not chugging it, binging it sort of. Mm. Thing. So it's looking at the relationship with mm-hmm. alcohol. You know, something that really for me that I've been doing is, is the hacking. So, and I'll link it in the show notes, the episode that we did with Roberta, where you both gave such incredible supplements and information. So I'm just going to repeat this for anyone who, if you are still drinking in January, coconut water during the course of the night and the next morning, game changer, taking zinc, what I call party smart or their party smarts. Um, you can find them at least in Amazon in the U S I always take that having food while you're drinking, right? So not eating on an empty stomach, making sure you're getting Mm. enough sleep as well. Those are things. So New Year's Eve for me, those saved me because I, I didn't drink. I never got drunk, but I drank for quite a few hours and I actually felt fine the next day. And so it's really just taking a step and looking at one, what's my goal here with dry January or the relationship Two, why? Why am I trying to do this? Is it weight loss focused? Mm. Is it that I feel like I have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Is it that just I want to try something new or I just want to feel better? And then under once you know your what and your why, the game plan. And that's what we're kind of talking about here, Caroline. So as we're yeah, talking yeah, 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 yeah. what are some supplements that people can take to help with the alcohol withdrawal or feeling, maybe there's adaptogenics, mm-hmm. like, you know, people do like the buzz. I like that feeling of the buzz from a glass of wine. So yeah. what are some tips and tools that people can do to still enjoy themselves? Like we're not trying to take away joy while you're not drinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So first off, I would say was let's start with supplements. And you talked about you mentioned there's something that is incredibly important, alcohol withdrawal. And you really need to have an honest discussion with yourself around how much you're drinking. Because if you're drinking, if you're a man and you're drinking two glasses daily or more, or a woman, one glass daily or more, then you really must consult your health provider before you completely take out alcohol because alcohol withdrawal can actually be very dangerous. So that's number one. 
Number two, I'm going to talk about some supplements now, but again, you need to check this with a nutritionist because some of them interact with medications and they have to be at the right dose. So the ones that I really love is a supplement called Gymnema. And what Gymnema does, this is great for anything that tastes sweet, alcohol, uh, chocolate, cake, whatever your thing is. And basically, you I use the drops and you um, put it in some water, put it under your tongue and it blocks the sweet receptors on your tongue. So you might be craving that sweet, but you actually can't taste the sweet, which is can be a game changer for a lot of people. But you must check it because if you're on any diabetic medication or anything like that, there could be an issue if you suffer from low um, blood sugar. Number two, there's a lot of trial work with um, alcohol with a it has to be called buffered vitamin C and that really helps with the craving and withdrawal and then lastly a supplement two to five grams a day of something called L-glutamine and that helps to liberate our internal glucose stores and really really helps with craving so I'd say take that half an hour before a craving fantastic and then you talked you just mentioned Nick something about energy so I don't know. I think a lot of people will really resonate with this. There's a bit that I find that a lot of my patients are in this vicious cycle. They get home from work, they're stressed, they have a glass of wine, maybe another one, then maybe another one. This really affects their sleep because alcohol does affect the sleep because the blood glucose goes down in the night, cortisol spikes, and you wake up. You're so you wake up the next morning and you feel crap because you haven't slept. So then you need caffeine and sugar throughout the day to re-energize. And then you get home from work and you're stressed again and you have more alcohol. And many, many people are in this vicious cycle. So what I would say is as part of your journey this January is to really have a high level of self-care around sleep. Because if you have poor sleep, you're less energized, your ghrelin, your hunger hormone goes up, you're way more likely to give into cravings, including alcohol. So sleep is something it cannot be underestimated to really, really set you up for success. Oh, I, I love that you just mentioned that, Caroline, because something that I talk about so often with clients and anytime someone comes to me and they want to see weight loss, that's, that's a goal that they have, or they want to feel more confident in their body. Mm. We don't even talk about the food or the alcohol they're drinking. I first ask, how stressed are you? What are your levels of joy? And then we talk about what are your night and your morning routines? And I can already tell if you're mm. holding on to weight because you're at a high level of stress, well, your sleep is going to be bad because we know that stress and cortisol negatively affects sleep. And just as you were saying, Caroline, with the the cycle, and I've definitely found myself in that where I've had a stressful day. And as I did mention, I for the most part, I try to have a drink when I'm in joy. But there are also times where I do that same thing. And then one thing that I found really interesting was that the COVID pandemic uh, prompted the biggest spike of alcohol consumption seen in 50 years. Now, mm -hmm. when we take a step back, why was that? 
Well, we're not seeing people. We're not around community. We're not having physical touch, which is so important again for serotonin, dopamine are the mm-hmm. happiness chemicals in the brain. We were sitting at home. We weren't eating the right foods. We were stressed out. So no wonder then, and I talk about this in, in a lot of my programs with clients is that we have pain and pleasure. And when I say pain, I don't mean just physical pain, but let's think about physical pain. When you have physical pain, you have a headache. What do you do? You go take an ibuprofen, an Advil, Tylenol, something to reduce the pain. So when we have pain in the mind or in the body, what do we do? So if you've gotten in a car accident or you've injured your hip and you have to, let's take, take, let's say take something stronger like a Vicodin or something that hydrocodone. Well, it's no different when we have pain in the mind, which the mind associates stress mm-hmm. with pain. So the, the brain itself is constantly fighting, trying to fight pain, f- get pleasure. So when we're stressed out or when we are tired, you didn't get enough sleep, immediately the mind is going to go into chemically, this happens, seeking pleasure. That's why we go to sugar. We The body itself wants to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. It's regulating itself. Let's say you're stressed, you're overwhelmed. Yes, naturally, it's going to be easier to go have that glass of wine or champagne, whatever. And so that's where looking at your relationship with alcohol and what was the trigger of the thing that let's say you're stressed out. So what I'm going to add in as one of the tools is that if you're going to even reduce alcohol a few days a week, you have to start adding things in because as as soon as we take away something, you're going to have that stressful day. You already need to know what are you going to do instead of it? Are you going to call a friend? Are you going to have a bubble bath? Are you going to journal? Are you going to go for a walk? Are you going to go to the gym? Maybe getting an accountability partner is going to be a really big one. So outside of those, Caroline, what are some adaptogenics or drinks that you've heard of or even tested that maybe give you a little bit of that fun feeling, but are it still going to keep you on the right track? Mm Mm-hmm. I love what you said there, Nick. And I I use with myself an if-then plan. If I feel stressed, then I will, and I have a list. And I've learned that from you, have a list of bubble bath, uh, go for a walk, because if you give it 20 minutes, half an hour, a craving will pass. But let's now really think about sort of the fundamentals, the workability of this, because what you don't want to do, as you said, you need to connect with people. You don't want to be sat at home thinking, I mustn't go anywhere. I would say don't go to a wine bar or pub for the first week, maybe give yourself a little bit of a chance. But also we live in the real world. So consider, I think, that a lot of a lot of the thing around alcohol is not just the drinking of the alcohol. Yes, it's also the social connection but it's also the ceremony it's the pop of the champagne it's the glug of from the bottle going into the glass it's a beautiful wine goblet so and nikki and i do this all the time with our smoothies we put a smoothie into a big wine goblet what you're drinking out of let's try and recreate the ceremony so Things that you could drink are something like a beautiful kombucha. Try to choose ones that have less than 5% sugar because a lot of them are very sugary. And we want to try and bring that sugar out because that sugar can lead back to alcohol. 
So something like kombucha in a beautiful glass, there's lovely alcohol drinks now that are low in sugar, like seedlip gin, have it with a skinny tonic and a lime, put all the things in that you do to make it beautiful. And if you're going out, be really cautious of these non-alcoholic cocktails because they're often more sugar, even more sugary than the alcoholic ones. So I would say think, consider something like a Virgin Mary. That's really, really a lovely, nutritious drink, actually, but pretty low in sugar, which is what you want to set yourself up with. You don't want that molecule of more kicking off. And then if you want that, there's some new drinks out at the moment, which I'm finding incredibly interesting. So when we drink and we go, oh, I feel relaxed. That's lovely. That's GABA in your brain picking up. Now, GABA is your relaxing neurotransmitter. It makes you feel really chilled out, which is why when you come home from work and you're stressed and you have a glass of wine, all of a sudden you feel great and you feel calm. And that's GABA. And actually... Now bringing to the market, I think there's one called Censure in the UK, but I'm not sure where else it is in the world. You don't get drunk, but you get that calm feeling because it works on GABA. So that's a really, and you can have it on the rocks, in a glass with lots of ice, there's some great drinks. Also so consider some of the CBD drinks as well, because that will also give you the calming effect. And then if we think about supplements, Again, for that calming GABA effect, L-theanine is beautiful. Ashwagandha, beautiful. And then if you need a bit more vibe, a bit more... Something like Siberian ginseng or some of the other adaptogens. Adaptogens are called adaptogens because they adapt to what we need. But that can be really, really beautiful. So what I would say is create a toolbox have a list of drinks that you will enjoy. And if you're going to somebody's house, take it with you and explain to the hosts ahead, this is what you're doing. And, you know, and you're a massive advocate of this, I know, Nick, which is why your group work, your online courses are so blaming powerful. We cannot underestimate the power of the group in this. So whether you're doing dry January or you're just looking at your relationship, you're doing consecutive days, buddy with somebody. And that power is, yeah, that's number one. The accountability, a hundred percent. There's, there's nothing like having someone to be mm-hmm. able to just say, Hey, I'm feeling stressed out. I have a craving, whether it's for alcohol or something else and being able to talk and, and share. So I wanted to just list off, um, I don't know if these are sold in the UK or elsewhere, but I know in the US they have, well, in the UK they have a, a company called Trip CBD Infused, and those are just going to help relax you. There's mm. also in the US, it's called, um, I think it's called, Ly- I don't know how you pronounce it, but Liars, it's L-Y-R-E, and they mm. have um, non-alcoholic like Italian spritz. So they have a lot of different drinks on the markets with adaptogens that do promise to give you some that more relaxed feeling the kind of buzz so that's something i'm definitely going to be trying when i'm i'm going back home is because my my goal Mm. is rather than doing an entire dry january leading into february just as you said reducing the consecutive days of it replacing it with something else 
and really getting clear on my why. Mm. And my why is because I have a lot going on behind the scenes and work wise. And I'm so excited that I actually just want to feel really good. And I want to feel just energized from my sleep and sleep instead of alcohol being the thing I'm focusing on as we're talking about of reducing that I'm actually putting more of the focus on my sleep so that I want to go to bed early. Well, if I want to go to bed early and have a good night's sleep and have a good HRV uh, resting heart rate, then which I, I track with a, the monitor, um, the, the aura ring it's, well, then I know that drinking is not going to be of assistance. So really getting clear on your why behind, if you're just doing dry January and you're like, I just feel like shit, you you don't have a big enough why that's going to keep you going. So that's where I really, uh, I would say I really encourage you and invite you to just look at your relationship with alcohol. Are you drinking when you're angry? Are you drinking when you're joyful around other people? Maybe you need to create some rules so that instead of it being, I'm completely stopping drinking. Maybe it's, I'm not drinking when I'm home alone in my house. I'm only going out with people. And I know that I go out on the weekends. That's something that I used to do and it worked out beautifully. So there's different ways to go about and looking at it. But I just wanted to say thank you so much, Caroline, Mm. for coming on once again, blowing us away with so much knowledge, so many different tips and supplements. And with that, everyone, I hope that you learned something I would love to hear. So please tag Caroline and myself, Baldo and Mason on Instagram. I will put them in the show notes as well as finding me. Please share what you learned, what your commitment is. And until next week... Here's to a sharper life.